What's going on, everyone? It's Adam Craig with Grandstand Golf. This is our tournament and DFS preview for the 2021 Rocket Mortgage Classic Championship. Where what are we at here? It's a Rocket Mortgage Classic, but Classic. I don't know if it's been around long enough that you can really call it a classic. Well, there'll be one champion. Yeah, it's not a classic yet. It's new to the block. It's the new kid on the block. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Craig, what's going on? It's been about a week since we've done this. Just scaling back a little bit in the summer. Um, how? I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about last week? Yeah, I mean, what's going on is uh, we're here. You know, I'm in BC. Adam's in Alberta. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you've heard anything about going on in the Pacific Northwest, we're basically in a historic heat wave. Uh, we're going up to here where I am. We're going up to about 40 four today uh which is i want to say degrees about, celsius degrees celsius so that's about 110 fahrenheit ish somewhere around there um so yeah lots of so, lots of staying inside for me let in bc uh what is that 100 100 200 kilometers away from you yeah, not the, too far from me as the crow flies 47.9 degrees celsius smashing smashing the warmest day ever in Canada. It's like the Barry Bonds. We're saying it's like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. This record keeps getting broken every single day. Um, yeah, I mean, eh, what, four day, four or five days in a row, we've we've broken the hottest record ever in Canada. Uh, 118 Fahrenheit is what it is in Lytton yesterday. So I, I have no AC. You have a little bit of AC, but it's a little bit warmer where you are. I don't think we're going to get any rolling blackouts, but I feel like Johnny Drama in the Valley. <laughs> towel over my head running from one ac theater to the next that's how i feel like uh yeah it's been a struggle i got i'm in my basement but man it's still hot down here yeah let's just hope it doesn't hurt the aquaman opening (laughs) yeah let's beat spotty let's still beat spotty okay yeah uh where were we last week last week travelers Travelers are you just are you just trying to hype up your one and done pick or what? No, I'm not. I I forgot to write it down on our sheet and I'm just blanking with this heat. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about last week. I had Harris English as my one and done pick. Uh, I was about a million dollars, million points behind you. Uh, and yeah, for a second time this year, I got a winner. One point three million. Got you by a couple hundred grand now, but it's it's a race. Uh, kind of leaving Kevin in our dust a little bit. Yeah, uh, it was in jeopardy there for about eight holes of, of playoff. Yeah. Uh, I so I had just gotten back from camping and and I was you know watching a little bit later late late in the round on Sunday, fell asleep uh, about the somewhere in you know around the start of the playoff. Woke up, the playoff was still going on, so I, I feel like I, I didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, got to see the end of it. Um, good win for Harris. Uh, Would it yeah. you know t- tough to know who I was cheering for at that point? Uh, it definitely was better for me DFS wise for Harris to win, but Kramer Hickok. You know it's always nice to see those guys get a first win. So uh, yeah. wouldn't have mind seeing it go either way. Uh, but yeah, second win on the year for Kramer. Or for, sorry for Harris English. Yeah, I was pretty happy with Harris English. Obviously, helped my DFS lineups. Uh, and then it's sent that tweet on like the Tuesday or Wednesday before about like the Chez coming into 2019 and the Harris. They both are third at the U.S. Open on the Pacific Coast. Like the immediate before, like it's all this like things that kind of match perfectly. So, uh, kind of see cool to see that work out. I thought I'd get a couple more likes after the fact, but <laughs> hey, that's yeah. Twitter. It's it's a all fickle. All those likes, yeah. It's all, yeah. Um, Kevin won with Bryson. Uh, maybe pulled him a week too early. He won with Bryson, T1987K. Uh, we don't have Kevin on this podcast, but I don't think he'd be too happy with that return for Bryson. 
No, definitely not. I mean, my Streelman hurt. Uh, he he looked like he was good after the first round. Ended up missing the cut, so that one hurt. But Bryson, yeah, that's one that uh, that you like to have in the bag. So we're Strelman, we're into the last I'm... into the last stretch here, and uh, it, it's getting tight. It's getting tight. Uh, so we're only going to do this one show this week, Craig. So we're going to recap kind of our picks, our sleepers from last week, our picks, and then and then we're going to kind of kind of talk through the entire field here a little bit and this is going to be all kind of condensed into this one show probably about an hour long i don't know how long we're going to chat for but that's what we're aiming for depends on the tangents that i go off on <laughs> depends on the tangents yeah okay diva's pick show uh i haven't had this for a little bit of a while but six of six for us harris obviously first abe answer fourth after making the cut on the number with a birdie putt i think on his last on friday uh, Brian Harmon, good pick there, T5, Cantley, T13, and then Doc Redmond, Scottish Scheffler rounded out for the six of six. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on those guys? Higher, lower than you kind of for Well, or? happy that I followed you in on Harris. Uh, it was a good pick. I, I think that the price was low. I mean, it seemed low. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember what happened with the ownership number, but... And it, uh, it, it was like... Um, it was quite a bit lower than FanDuel as well. Like FanDuel, he was priced up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those ones we, we spoke about last week, how, how there was very much a, a disparity between the two sites. Yeah. Um, yeah, and fortunately for me, uh, I had... Uh, so so we'll get into our sleepers here as well, but I had... I only made five lineups because I was going camping and I was going to miss all of the, the tournament. But, totally. But um, I had either a Keegan Bradley or a Ricky Fowler on each of my lineups. And yeah. so... I had all of them were either five of sixes or four of sixes. And man, Ricky making the cut would have gone a long, long ways for me. Still still came out positive on the week somehow. Uh, I think it's just because of Harris. But uh, but yeah, close, close yeah. to being a really good week for me. I made two lineups, both five of sixes. Could have been a little bit something special there. But with my Harris lineup, I had Griot. Uh, decent points for not making the cut, uh, but he charged late. Um, and then I had Snedeker, which was kind of disappointing to see. He kind of bogeyed his, I think, thir- third to last hole to miss the cut uh, just on the number there. So, yeah. Our sleepers, three of six, nothing special. Sink, Ortiz, Gooch made it through all in the kind of 30 to 47th type range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I didn't get it. They didn't get that Kramer type of sleeper that you hope for. Yeah. Gooch, Gooch was a disappointment. Um he started out well. I think he was either round one leader or tied for it at the end of the day. I, right. I don't remember exactly. Uh, so a bit of a disappointment to see uh, where he went the rest of the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, I'll take a, a break even or a positive week any any time. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. Okay, we're moving past the Travelers. I mean, cool playoff. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to see much of it, but kind of the same deal as you. Positive on yeah, the week. I, I don't think we had any Hickok picks. Um, oh, you're checking her. Yeah, just checking it right now. I, I don't see any Hickok picks. So uh, let us know. You know, as always, let us know who you guys like in the comments below. And if, if anyone gets the right one, then then we'll shout it out. You, how about this, Craig? How about this this week? Because I think we're going to change around a little bit with our this kind of new show format. How about six K pick this week? So so six K pick highest six K. That's what you're looking 6K. for. Yeah, pick pick the best in the six K because it's it's a weird field a little bit. It, it's a really weird field, I think. Um, and I think we could get multiple six Ks in the ten in top ten here. Yeah, I also see no one no one else was in the comments here. No one else was hyping up Harris falling you in there. So um, no no shout outs to be had there either. 
just shutting uh, up myself, patting myself on the back and moving on. Yeah, when we get down into the 6Ks, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Um, I've got a guy that I don't see a price yet on on uh, DraftKings. So I, I got a couple I, there, and I don't we'll, know if they're going to be added. We'll get the. I, I mean, uh, DraftKings is usually pretty good about adding people, but uh, yeah, when we get there, uh, I'll, I'll get into a little bit more. But uh, he's in. You know, I've confirmed at least on the PJ Tour site that he is in the field. So um, yeah, yeah, okay. Rocket Mortgage Classic, Detroit Golf Club, Donald Ross design, par 72, 7,300 yards. For a par 72, kind of short, kind of classic, uh, four par threes, four par fives, uh, 10 par fours. It is, this is from the PGA Tour, the flattest course on tour via shot link. So I don't know what to take away. me a bit because for some reason I thought that the Sony Open in Hawaii, uh, Wailea or whatever that one's called, I don't know. I just have 18 sticking on my head there. No, that's tournament champions. Yeah, yeah. no, the other yeah, one Sony is, is opens on, right on the coast. Yeah, yeah it, it's right on the coast. It's super flat. So I, I thought I had heard somewhere else that that was the flattest. So we'll just Detroit, have to. Detroit Golf Club, north of Canada, obviously. If Well, north of some parts of Canada. <laughs> north of a very small part of Canada, Windsor, I think. <laughs> Um, it's only the third year we've been here. Uh, so 2020 Bryson DeChambeau, uh, kind of dominated and then Nate Lashley in 2019 as an alternate one. So you've had kind of both in, in two short samples, you've had kind of two extremes of guys winning a pretty, like a favorite going in and, uh, extreme long shot. Yeah. And then, uh, also in, in 2019, we had Doc Redmond, who I'm pretty sure Monday qualified and almost, almost, you know, he, he came yeah. second. I, I don't know how close it was. Um, but yeah, this was, this was last year. I, I went very, very heavy on, on Bryson. This was my most profitable oh, tournament yeah. last year. Unfortunately, it was one of the ones where, you know, it was, a I forget if it was, um, you know, maybe a, a five or six times or uh, in terms of my entries to my payouts. But uh, it was one that where you, you kind of you get a lot of high finishes and you miss getting it in, into that very top range of the yeah. GPP. So it, it was a good one, but let's hope for a little bit better this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, weather, it looks like in Detroit, they've had a ton <sighs> of rain recently. They're going to have some rain uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe throughout the week, but not really. So it might be pretty soft. Uh, the, the winning score is here pretty low generally. So kind of pick it apart. If you want mm-hmm. to aim for flags, have it stick, be on the, you know, kind of back to front slope greens, anything you're kind of taking away from course setup fit. Like, what are you thinking there? Well, you know, you put out a tweet earlier that, that everyone, because of Bryson and Wolf last year, uh, first and second, everyone is kind of jumping on the, the bombers, um, and it doesn't, you know, you look at Datagol's course fit information, it doesn't look like the Bombers are really yeah. all that favored. And if you look beyond those top two on the leaderboard, we really don't see a, a you know, I mean, obviously distance always has some some sure. positive effect, positive yeah. correlation. But it's not like there's a huge, huge favoritism towards um, towards distance. I mean, I also think if you look at the field last year, Bryson and Matt Wolf, especially with how where Matt Wolf's game <laughs> was last summer, like those are two of the best players in the field. So that's yeah. not entirely surprising beyond their distance that that they were, you know, the top two players. Um, 
uh, in terms of fit, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm skewing a little bit away. If everyone is going to jump on the bombers, maybe you go a little bit contrarian and avoid those guys, but I'm not, I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm looking more at a strategic approach. I'm, I'm looking at, at kind of, um, the avoiding some of the ranges and, and I, I like the yep. guys up high i think there's a fairly big hole uh, you know we kind of have a, a few elite guys and then yes. I, I i think that uh, i'm probably going to try to plug in two good players um maybe 10k or above uh, if not definitely one 10k one 9k or high eights and yep. then down and then go down yeah so i mean go going back to last year bryson is one of the best putters on the tour and he had i think one of his best putting tournaments ever and he won a uh, pretty dominating fashion uh, i think by a few strokes same thing like if, if john rom was playing this week i'd be like yeah give me john rom to bomb and gouge and pick apart this course because he is right now the best player on the planet um but i don't think that's necessarily the script for the rest of how these guys will do well it just uh shows how good those guys are at that certain point in time Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of my approach. So what am I, I'm looking for accuracy over distance for sure. I think, uh, it will be wet. The rough, the roughs is a little bit thicker. Yeah. Bryson can knock it off. We saw a winged foot. You can see it here, but that's not the strategy that I think a lot of these guys can employ. So I'd rather have people in the fairway, uh, maybe a little bit further back, but even still, I'd rather have them in the fairway. I'm looking at guys that are strong in approach as always. That seems to be the best kind of week in week out showing approach. How are they playing? How are the wedges playing? And then I'm probably leaning on either going to, you know, like a lifetime two-year stats for strokes and putting or like 30 days. How are they in the last couple tournaments? Are they kind of, do they have a hot putter right now that you can kind of ride? But either really good long-term putters or riding a hot putter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not... Uh... With a field like this, I kind of feel like the course to me is not dictating necessarily what I'm going to do. Um, I, I'm looking for talent. I'm looking for guys that kind of have that high upside. Um, I'm looking for some of those, you know, maybe guys who I feel like, uh, well, a couple. Obviously guys who are playing well and, and I think mm -hmm. the form is good to justify the play or people who I think may not be playing or, or have not been playing well up to the what their potential is. And I'm kind of looking for yeah. that bounce back. When this person turns it on, they can win. Uh, so, Yeah, I agree with that. That's where I'm I think at. the other thing too, like if you have a model or, you know, something where you can kind of pull the stats and then, you know, almost like black out or delete the names, I think that's kind of an interesting approach to take this week because we have so much bias. Like, I, I have tons of bias. I know that. I have my favorite guys, and I'll go back to them week in, week out. Um, But if you, because, like, and this is kind of going back to what you said earlier, DraftKings needs to fill their pricing, you know, in each tournament. And they are just handed the field that they're handed. So they need to find guys in the 9Ks, in the 8Ks that fit there, but they don't necessarily deserve to be there so you can kind of black out and pick whatever stats generate whatever model you want to generate and kind of build a lineup from there and i think you'd be surprised maybe that would lead you to like a kramer hickok last week um yeah no know. and when when it you know essentially what we're saying there is they need to have they need to build a curve of prices and so they need yes. to they you know it will vary a little bit obviously but they kind of want to have a, a certain number of guys in the nines and a certain number of guys in the eights and we see obviously in majors week that the guys it, yeah. it, it skews differently but um 
the difference in terms of what you could expect in terms of the range of, of possible outcomes for someone in this tournament that's in the mid eights versus in the mid sevens is different than it is in some other weeks. So sometimes when you kind of have holes in, in what you're, you're projecting people can do, uh, but then obviously you're, you're at the same time weighing that against what where is ownership going to go. So uh, it was Palmetto where I, I said, really, I was avoiding that second tier. And you yeah. would have, that's where Garrett Kegel was, I believe, uh, was in kind of after you get away from the top guys. Um, so uh, his ownership was not low that week, but uh, you can sometimes find those guys that they are priced up because of, you know, having to try to get this pricing curve in there, um, right? You you can get kind of ownership and and uh, even uh, though he didn't pull it out though, Chesson Hadley would be a guy that I don't I don't know if you would pick out by name. I mean, people that have been watching the PGA Tour for ten years maybe, uh, but if you're new to it or kind of just primarily TFS and Justin Hadley's not a guy like oh yeah, here's my sleeper unless you maybe you like started digging a little bit deeper or kind of. Well, isn't he a uh, former rookie of the year? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, be... <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this is actually so. Sad. This is this is a rare one. PJ Tour Rookie of the Year 2014, Web.com Tour Player of the Year 2017. <laughs> That's yeah. one you don't often see, where they're they're the Rookie of the Year, and then they go down to the what, or now the Corn Fairy, and then the Corn Fairy Player Tour of the Year. Um, but, but anyways, those guys, those guys are good to keep in your back pocket because they will pop, and he will pop again. Yeah. time in his career right and you know and he wins like he, he you know he had the yeah. 2014 he had the puerto rico open win but then when he went down to to the uh, web.com tour he won down there which that you know those are the type of people that may maybe the, when they do have their on weeks you, you pay a lot of tax on them all the weeks they don't sure. get it done but then when they pop they they get up there into the top fives i like that pay the tax on them i like that <laughs> uh should we jump into this yeah, I mean, I feel okay. like we sort of had, but... Uh... So, I mean, kind of, if you've listened to this uh, show before, we're going to pick out a player of interest at each price point in each kind of price category here. Um, but we're going to kind of talk through it all, maybe skim it as we go lower down. But above 10K, Craig, we got Bryson, starting with Bryson, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama, and Will Zalatoris. What are your thoughts? So you're talking about construction, maybe two guys up here. Yeah, so I think I think you can do two guys up here. That leaves you, you know, depending on who they are, that can leave you um, low seven, seven, seven yeah. six um, type thing. Uh, but I, I think you're fine playing two guys up there or one guy here, and then maybe I, I also don't mind one guy here and then an eight and a nine type thing. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to the rest of the range. Uh, I'm not staying away from Bryson. I think Bryson's going to be very popular. He's kind of on a tier unto himself in terms of uh, notoriety. And, and I guess you could say long-term form. Yep. Not sure I, I love the recent form, uh, if yep. you dig into it a little bit further. No, I tend to agree there. So my what I'm looking at for this week, um, I'm... I'm going to have my core lineup. I might build up to three. I'm not going to do 20 max. I don't think this week, just with time, definitely not a 150 max. So I don't feel like I have the, so I'm going to pick my best lineup and to be contrarian in a sense, I think that leads me away from Bryson and allows me to do a couple of different things. So, because I don't think he's necessarily bad play. I just think he's kind of a right in your face and they'll have high ownership, even at his high salary. A lot of people will play him. 
I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, to me, so if we're looking at Bryson, because coming into this tournament last year, he was mm-hmm. on an absolute heater. Um, he had one, two, three, four, five, six straight top tens coming into the week uh, yeah. before he won here. And then obviously went on to win at the U.S. Open later in the, in the 2020 year. If we're looking at this year, he, hasn't, he has a top 10 at the Wells Fargo. And then, so back at the Players' Championship. So he went win at the Arnold Palmer, tied for third at the Players. He has mm-hmm. the single tied for ninth at, at uh, Wells Fargo. He hasn't been yeah. in the top 10 aside from that. So we're talking about five straight tournaments. Best finishes is tied for 18th. So yep. if we're kind of projecting Bryson from last year at the Rocket Mortgage, it's a very, very different player. His form, like, that's why I absolutely, I think I might have gone 100%. This is when I used to do crazy things like that before John Rahm <laughs> burned me. Um, but it's just a very, very different player coming into the tournament. And so I, I think that you can stay away from him. I think you can play him. Um, I'm going to probably lean towards looking at some of these other plays up in the 10Ks, uh, yeah. personally, because I, I think that's where I see a little bit more value. The other thing, too, looking back uh, on the official World Golf Ranking site, like he, so the Wells Fargo was week 19. This will be week 27. So he's played seven of his last nine weeks, or this will be week seven of his last nine cross country, including a PGA, including a US Open. Like that's taxing. Uh, no matter who you are, that's a lot of golf. Um, that's Sung JM levels of golf. But <laughs> I don't know if Bryson, I mean, he's slimming down. I don't know if it's the summer, you know, he's just kind of sweating it through it, with playing all this golf. He's slimming down a little bit, but. Uh, that's still a lot of golf and it's not necessarily his best golf that's very middling for him yeah well uh, so you know first off on the slimming down I mean I think that's a little bit classic I mean you used to play college football you guys would do a you would bulk in the off season and you were not putting on weight during the season I mean maybe some people are when they're you know 18 19 first coming in and they're not necessarily playing as much and they're they're more in the developmental side of it but it's hard to to have the fitness regimen to to be putting on weight or even maintaining weight that is it's, above what your body yeah. wants to carry normally. So I, I think it's hard he's to kind do. Of, it's hard to do two days in August in that heat and, not, and, gain and be weight. putting on pounds. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we're just seeing a little bit. He's trying to you know keep his strength, but but the the kind of extreme weight game starts to taper back to what their body wants to be at. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not putting a whole lot of weight into that. My my guy, I'm <laughs> looking up <Pardon>? my <laughs> my player of interest, Patrick Reed, ten thousand nine hundred. Okay, I you know it's not necessarily the most stellar record. He does have a couple missed cuts in the past couple months, but um, I think we're combining that with high finishes. He was fifth at Memorial, tied for sixth at Wells Fargo. Also, a few that you'd like to see better. That you know he hasn't. He's been good, but not great, I would say. Uh, but Patrick Reed is one of these guys to me that he can show up and he can win a tournament. Uh, and yeah, it's not really surprising when it happens. It's just like, yeah. oh yeah, why doesn't this guy win more? Um, the the ball striking has been so T Green essentially all T Green categories have been positive for the last three tournaments. Um, I, I think his form's good. I, I think that uh, if he if he puts well, obviously if he puts well, he can win uh but yeah. he is someone who is prone to having these tournaments where he he can just go out there and putt very very well so um i i like him i i do think it 
You know, if you're saying it's $500 cheaper than Bryson, it seems a mm -hmm. little bit expensive maybe, but I, I'm happy to take the discount because I think, I think Bryson's ownership is going to be higher as well. Yeah, so I think I think you can call this one tier or maybe tier 1A with Bryson if you really want to separate them and tier 1B. But I think it's basically these first four guys, Bryson, Reed, Simpson, and Hideki. And really, to be honest, you could throw all four of them up in the air. I could catch two and I'll be happy with them. Uh, but because of that, so with that, um, I'm going to take the cheapest one. I'm going to take Hideki, 10,400. Uh, Masters champ, but he, here's digging into a little bit uh, why I like him. So he's played here both years. He finished 13th and 21st. He shot every single round, all eight rounds under par. So he's not even shot par here. He shot par. He shot better than par every single round, eight rounds. He is positive strokes in approach in eight straight. And here's a funny one. He's positive strokes in putting in three of his last five. Uh, obviously, we don't. I'm not including Masters because we don't have what. I maybe we'll have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's no. That's it's just right? it's not what you expect from Hideki. And I would and assume then, he was positive strokes in putting at the Masters. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I think that's a fair <laughs> assumption to make. And then he's uh, for me for kind of what I'm looking for. He's accurate enough. He's 71st on tour in PG in in driving accuracy. Uh, for these guys that hit it out there, that's accurate enough for me. 71st mm -hmm. is accurate enough. I think, I mean, to me, if you're above average in distance, if you're in the top 100 in accuracy, I think, you, I think or in fairways hit, yeah. um, then I, I think that that's great. I, th I think you're kind of doing that good job of blending both. Um, no, I like Hideki a lot. He'd probably be my second favorite play up here. I do like Webb as well, um, but probably Reed and Hideki. And then I, I, I what, do you, what do you think about Will Zalatoris? So, so I do have to correct myself. I did include the Masters. I assumed it was positive at the Masters. So he's positive Masters, Byron Nelson, U.S. Open. Um, and then he was negative at the PGA and Memorial. So three of the last five, he's been positive. I include the Masters. Um, yeah, I like Webb as well. I definitely have question marks about injury. Um, but I, I really like Webb. And maybe we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. I have, I have a question and he's a good answer too. Will Zalatoris, I think, is a little bit of a bump down um and mostly because of his recent putting uh mm -hmm. what do you think of will zalatoris yeah i mean so we're, we're talking five tournaments in a row that's the same thing i was going to bring up actually five tournaments in a row negative putting uh the uh, so will zalatoris to me you know we've seen him go from corn ferry tour this guy's a, a huge potential hot prospects to essentially we're now treating him like a, a top 20-ish player 20 to 30-ish player in the world and I, I'm okay with that but uh, the problem that I'm having is we're looking a little bit more and more like someone who is very very good tee to green and and is starting to so show some cracks with the putter um so the, the PGA Championship is his best. He barely lost strokes there. He's minus 0.01 for his putting there. Uh, and he was top 10 there. Uh, but aside from that, we've seen him lose at least a half-stroke putting uh, in the other four of his recent most recent five tournaments. So I, I'm just, I, I'm not super, I, I'm kind of touching him or, or treating him with the, with the same gloves that I Treat like a Hideki, a, a mm -hmm. Keegan Bradley, a, a Grio, where yeah. he, it's not just an auto play for me every week. And so 
I, I think there's still huge upside there. I would love to see him get the win to get the PGA Tour um, full membership status as opposed to special temporary membership because this, you know, he deserves to be in the friggin' oh, yeah. fast playoffs. So it's a little bit absurd that he won't be. Um, so I will be cheering for him. I don't know if he will be in my lineups. I'm sorry if you're listening to the podcast version and uh, I went blank there for a second. I tried to mute myself in time, but I basically had a coughing fit. I thought I was going to have to continue on just by yourself, Craig. Went down the wrong pipe. I think I'm okay now. I'm teared <laughs> up, but I think I, I think I can power through. I uh, completely agree with Zalatoris. Uh, it seems a little bit weird. So I think as we go into the 9Ks here, to me, the next tier is Zalatoris to M. So that's Zalatoris, Neiman, Kokrak, and Sungjae, I think, are kind of the tier two for me. See, I, I hear you, but I would put him firmly at the top of that tier. I I, I mean, head up. I, w- I would take Neiman, uh, but that's just me. See, so Neiman, I, I hear you. I, like, I, I really like Neiman. His recent play hasn't been awesome, though. Like, he, he's been doing a very, he's been very consistent, but not great uh, we haven't seen a top yeah. 10 since the Valspar, um, you know, a single top 20 at the Wells Fargo back in May 9th. And then since then, t- uh, 30th at the PGA Championship is his best in the last five tournaments. So uh, I, I hear you. I, I really like Neiman. I really like kind of the long term, tr- sure. you know, yeah, yeah. long term I'm buying. I'm just not necessarily. And this is where, OK, so in this field, maybe maybe one of those long term buys you like in this field. But I, I just am a little bit wary of, of his form. And, and I mean, this is where we get into, and I think we'll talk about more in the A case, but this is where you get guys where, I mean, the US Open or PGA, we're talking about guys high sixes, low sevens. Um, and they're kind of forced into this field because they are the next best in this field, especially when you look at, I mean, the Sung Ms and I, I don't know if they deserve to be high nines. Sung Jay, so he's another one to me. I was trying to talk myself into him. Uh, his form has not been good. No, yeah. I think to me, I, I like Zalatoris and then probably Kokrak here at the, at the high side of the nine Ks. Um, you know, Kokrak, we saw him win. Well, a couple let's weeks. talk about, okay. I'm going to jump in here. My player of interest, nine K Jason Kokrak. If you don't mind me kind of hopping in here, no, I got, yeah, I got a fine. few things. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, tell me what you think. So basically it's a form play for sure. Five top 13s or better in his last eight tournaments. Uh, so five of eight, he's been top 13 or better, including the win positive strokes in total in 25 of his last 30 rounds. That is extremely consistent when we're talking about guys in this range. It was 29th year in 2019. I think he does kind of fit. If you want to go more of the Bryson profile, he fits that more strong off the tee approach. Uh, strokes in putting has been very surprising and very positive for him this year. Uh, so, and this, I think I agree with you. If I'm playing one lineup, I think I'm going two guys in the 10 Ks might be avoiding this, but if I am playing someone here, I'm looking at Kokrak. Yeah. So just to flesh that out a bit more too, uh, five of eight, he's been, what did you say? 13th or better? Yes. The three tournaments he wasn't. The Masters, the PGA Championship, and the U.S. Open. So I, I think, if anything, he's he maybe right now give him a little bit of a bump down in majors and give him a little bit of a bump up in non-majors sure. because he seems to be doing a pretty good job rolling over uh, these these somewhat. And actually, some of these fields aren't even the worst. You know, top ten at the WGC Concession, the yep. Arnold Palmer, the Players. Um, yeah, I, I like Kokrak. I, I think ninety-five to me. It definitely is. I like him. I I put in my my nine 
9K play after you. I, I would have, I, I was looking at him, so I potentially would have had him as, as my top player of interest. But second guy I'm looking at, uh, Keegan Bradley. So he, he burned me. He burned me. He's at 9,000 9, flat. Um, he burnt me a little bit this past week. Uh, he's missed two cuts in a row. And so I, I totally understand that people are going to be shying away from that. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I like the, the DFS play. Uh, the ball striking has continued to be fine. Um, you know, going back to the Arnold Palmer seven straight top 30s going into the memorial and then he had the miscut yeah. of the memorial miscut of travelers uh but i i just really think that you know the the putter is always the question mark with keegan so the 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 ball striking has continued to be good uh and, and it's a ceiling play I, I think nine flat uh, the ownership that he was starting to attract he was starting to be really right. really chalky there for a while because he was so consistently getting results um i, I think that's going to fade away a bit and so uh, that is probably one of the major reasons i like him is because uh you look left i look right type thing um yeah I Honestly, I agree. And as I'm unpacking kind of the uh, strokes gain data per tournament on data golf, like I kind of agree with you. There's good things to take away even from the missed cuts. He gained two strokes around approach at Travelers. He gained on the greens at Memorial. Those are both missed cuts. Mm -hmm. it, it's really just been kind of sloppy. Like his around the green play at Memorial is minus 2.6 his yeah. his putting this past week is over you know lower than minus 1.5 so uh, it's just been some very ugly sloppy scoring play but to me the i mean the elite approach play has been there all season long yeah and then the off the tee continues to be pretty consistently gaining uh not nothing special but but not in any way a detriment so to me that gives him a a, a good I mean, I don't care so much about the floor with Keegan. I don't think it is a great floor, actually, because no. of how sloppy, how bad the numbers can be around the green. But um, it's it's the upside. It, like, I mean, to be honest, we're chasing a GPP win. Yeah, yeah. And and, and like, good Keegan shows up, and if his short game is good, he can win this tournament, even if other people are playing well. So that's that's sort of the upside that I think he brings. Yeah, it's interesting. He's actually, you're, if I'm building, you know, a third lineup here, uh, he's someone that I'm going to kind of put a star beside and unpack a little bit more um, because it is interesting. And as I kind of look at the tournament and look ahead, I'm like, yeah, of course, like he can just put it a little bit tighter than everyone else. And, you know, maybe he has an eagle putt, but he's able to tap in for like, he can tap in for birdie a few times around. Well, the other thing, and this is, so my initial feeling was to stay away from him, which to me, I kind of use that as, as somewhat a, of a indicator of, of what the sentiment is going to be. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think, I think people have been burned by him at Memorial. People have been burned by him at Traveler. So I, I think that ownership is going to come down for him. Uh, and in this field, I like that. Okay. Before we leave the nine Ks here, um, any thoughts on Bubba or Matt Wolf? Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, they have been a little bit high profile of recent, so that would be my hesitancy. I think, obviously, they have great ceilings, both of them. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, to me, it's not the the profile I'm looking at uh, for this tournament. So Bubba looked like he was a rookie in his first tournament on Sunday. I mean, yeah, I didn't get to was... watch the whole tournament, obviously, but uh, but the little bit I saw when he was coming into the house, he looked like he was he was afraid of of 
losing, which handful, is funny. Handful of bogeys and a double, I think. Yeah. Uh, fall, like, maybe I even fell out of the top 20. That's um, crazy. It's just, it, it, it's so funny with Bubba because he's, like, multiple-time major winner. He, you know, he's got so much success that you just don't expect that from a guy like him. Not at all. Okay, 8Ks here. Moving on to 8Ks at the 21 Rocket Mortgage. I'm going to quickly zoom through this because I think it's an interesting group of guys here. Uh, we have Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Woodland, Kisner, Homa, Higo, Grio, Tringali, Phil Mickelson, Siwoo Kim, and that's all. Charlie Hoffman is out. Um, this seems a little bit like guys that are out of form, possibly coming into form. Uh, with a day and Ricky, uh, I don't know Kisner. What what are you like? This is a bizarre range to me. So personally, I'm fine avoiding it. If not, I think the guy I like is right at the top of the range. Jason Day, 8900. Hmm. We saw. I mean, essentially, I guess it was one really good round, but uh, he had he gained strokes every round last week uh right. ended up tied for 10th and maybe that attracts ownership to him but to me essentially if he is coming back into form even if he has ownership at 8900 in this field jason day is a steal so um i'll i'll take the risk that uh that the ownership is you know essentially yeah. i don't know what the ownership's going to do but if if the ownership is there um if he's in form i mean jason day yeah. he's a winner he he's he's top 10 in, number one in much much better fields than this um so I, it's, just, it's very, just we've seen everything from jason day this year and, and i think angel, that's yeah i have an angel and devil for me for jason day uh i saw a report i forget who kind of broke it but basically they're like in jason's day camp they think something special is on the horizon they think a win is on the horizon I mean, kind of reminded me of you know phil and his brother and his wife at the dinner table before the PGA being like, yeah, I think something like, well, why didn't you tell any of the general public that something special is going to happen? If you knew that you're playing well. Um, so I hear that. And then of the golf I did watch last weekend, he looked, it didn't look good. Like his back, it's still a constant problem. It just looks stiff, uncomfortable. Um, I don't but, but know. You've also seen him look stiff and uncomfortable on his way to like when he's in contention, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Towns there, obviously. His, like, yeah. Historically, he's, he's one of the best players in the field. So, so when we really saw, have seen him slump this year, a lot of it has been with a bad putter, um, which you don't, I mean, you think of Jason Day, you think of rock solid with his putter. But before the Travelers last week, we had four straight tournaments where we had strokes gained data. There was a couple mm -hmm. other Masters where he missed the cut, likely was, was negative there. But but really had had four straight tournaments with negative strokes game putting. Um, I mean, this is a guy who in years, a guy who um, <laughs> 2016, he gained 1.18 strokes putting, yeah. which is yeah. absurd. Uh, but when he is good, his putter is, you know, potentially as good as anyone. Uh, so the rest of it hasn't been his approach play you'd like to see better but like he's gaining in all categories on the season so it, i i think in our minds jason day is playing worse because we expect jason day to be 
mm-hmm. you know, good Jason Day is one of the best gol- top ten golfer in the world. Maybe maybe yeah. that's maybe we can't give him that anymore because it's been so long and and there's so many good players now. But um, essentially, he a healthy Jason Day is a very very dangerous player, and so even a not healthy Jason Day can be a dangerous player if he if he puts the pieces yep. together. So I, I like the upside. Uh, in a field where I don't like, you know, there's you're kind of looking for things to like. I like Jason Day at 8,900. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a pretty big avoid area for the most part for me. The one maybe, and let me see if I can pull up some stats because I didn't really prepare him, but uh, I might throw Ricky Fowler a look. Um, he's just been playing a little bit better recently. I think this could be a place that he plays well at. Um Positive around the green in the last four. Positive strokes in approach in two of the last three. Same with putting, two of the last three. Obviously, that's an eighth and 11th uh, PGA Championship. And the Memorial missed the cut of the Travelers. It could be something turning around. Yeah, I mean, he was he was my sleeper pick last week. I, I still, for the same reason that I liked him then, I still like him. Obviously, I like him a little more at a sleeper price than, than here. Um you know, just price-wise, value-wise, but uh, I totally agree. I, I, I'm hoping that we are starting to see Ricky turn around just as a fan of Ricky. Yeah. Okay, let's move into the 7Ks. This is where I think it starts getting interesting. I think there's legit some guys that have so, winning upside. So just real quick, other than that, you are avoiding the rest of this 8K range? I think I still might be avoiding Day and Fowler. Um, yeah. If I'm building, again, so I, I kind of have my main one already built, a secondary kind of half built. If I build three, maybe I go in here, but there's nothing to jump in. Oh. Higo, Grio, Tringali, not, none of that. Siwoo, none of those guys appealing to you. Uh, Higo might spray it. Great putter, though. Um, Tringali, the stats guy, but is, is he going to win? Have we, have we figured out for sure, is it Higo or Higo? Because I've heard both. I did hear something else on the broadcast, I think. Ego. Um, but I thought earlier when I was doing research on YouTube is Hego. Um well, well we'll throw it both ways for now and then we can't be that wrong, but then we're still being a little bit wrong. Wait till he goes back to South Africa and see or maybe we, Maybe we nah, need to get Im- Mark Immelman on the case. I think Immelman Im- did say Ego. ego. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also said Bezadenhout in funny ways that always confuses me too. It's one of those ones I where mean, like, do I chase the proper pronunciation or, or do I just roll with the one that everyone uses? Like pho or pho? What is the soup? I, I love pho, but I, I don't think people will understand if I call it that. Well, as someone who has a, a Vietnamese wife or a Vietnamese Canadian wife, uh, if I call it pho, I basically am, am looked at like an idiot around the dinner table. So uh, <laughs> it is pho, and and that's you know it, it's funny because you sound you sound super pretentious then when you say that with other people, but yeah, you know you say that around you say pho around the dinner table, they look at you like you're an idiot. And so okay, Canadian boy, I'll take pretentious nice over idiot. <laughs> no soup for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I, I want to move past the eight case. Yeah. So I, I get excited about the seven case cause yeah, it's kind of, let's this, do it. Seven case here. Um, a couple of guys to me jumping off right at the top is Brendan Todd, Doc Redmond at 7,900. Yeah, I, I, I like Doc. So another guy that, uh, when I was coming trying to come up with ranges, uh, or people for the different ranges, he was the one who was jumping out at me, um, and then I saw that you already had him uh, as a player of interest. Oh. So uh, I, like it. I like it as well. He was one of my picks last week. Didn't really get it done on the weekend. But I, mm-hmm. I still think, to me, the upside is, is what, what attracts me about, uh, about Doc. 
Yeah, so uh, we talked about him a little bit in our Discord. Discord link is below on YouTube if you want to join that and join the chat. Um, but basically, I was like, Doc, 7,900 kind of ticks all the boxes. Maybe that's leading to a miscut. You know, <laughs> like it's it's the trap play where like, I don't, nothing's glaring here, but he is volatile, mm-hmm. uh, especially this year. But okay, he's running up here in 2019, as we already talked about, 21st in 2020. So he backed that up with a pretty good result in 2020. Positive strokes in approach in his last five. Positive strokes in putting in his last six. Two top tens in that range, so he can pop. Um, those are the stats I'm looking for. He's checking the boxes. Good course history. He seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, essentially one of the things I was saying about him last week was when he's playing well, his ability to get up into the top five and, and get high finishes. Uh, we're still waiting on the win for Doc, but I think he is, uh, I think the talent of Doc Redman is that of someone who's going to get PGA Tour wins. So um, I, I really like it. He's made five straight cuts. The approach play seems to have turned itself around. Like you said, the putter has turned itself around. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like it. Maybe ownership is the only thing I worry about, but uh, definitely I'll be plugging him in. I think he could be one of the top five high zone guys. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's early on Tuesday, but that's uh, just from chatter. Little birdies. That's what little birdies seem to be telling me. I think there's a lot of people that are seeing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that appreciate what his upside is. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot mm-hmm. of people seeing him starting to turn it around and know that he, he um, you know, he could be on the verge of popping for a win here any, any moment. Yeah. Okay. Who's your player of interest, Greg, in the 7Ks here? So uh, I've got a lot of players that I'm interested in. Because essentially the way I'm looking at it, I'm either going, you know, say... Uh, two guys in the 10Ks or say one in the 10K and then Bradley and Day at, at 8 and 9. Sure, sure. And then I'm really having to fill up my lineup. So I, I've been looking at a lot of guys down here. Uh, but Alex Noren, 7,600. Yeah. This is one, you know, I, I've sort of been talking about Charles Schwartzel as someone who I'm just long, long-term upside on, where yeah. uh, I'm going to be buying him a lot on tournaments uh, just because I think that the long-term upside is there. I, I'm feeling the same way about Alex Noren. I, I think that we are, you know, we have seen better play from him uh, in past years than we have this year. And, and I think we're really, I mean, we're, we're starting to see it trend back in that direction. Uh, but mm-hmm. To me, the price doesn't really match what we would the pedigree or or the recent results. So he he yeah. did miss the cut at Palmetto, which was disappointing because I think he might have been a pick of mine there. I can't remember. Um, mm. But other than that, uh, you know, the five weeks before that, he had uh, four top twenty five, four out of five were top twenty fives. The one he didn't was the PGA Championship, which is you know we're talking about a whole different field. Uh, so and kind of a crapshoot there, like he. Tons yeah. of stars miss the cut, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that the upside is good for Norin, um, and we're, we're seeing him play good golf. The thing that, that is a little bit hard with Norin is that, you know, most of the guys around this range are like, oh, yeah, they're a really good driver, or they're a really good ball striker, sure. and this is a really bad putter, or, you know, one of the ball striking categories, at least. He's kind of just a... He does everything well at different times, but more yeah. so short game than anything else. So um, it's harder to really get too excited about that. But I, I just think that that he's one of these players that can do anything well. And then when it all lines up, he he really has has very, very good weeks. Yeah, and the, we, we talk about this all the time, but you like to see when you go in the 7Ks and 6Ks, guys that have won. And he, this is a guy that has 10 European Tour wins uh, throughout his career, 11 professional, a challenge tour win as well. 
Um, so he's, he, he's a winner, but I agree. I mean, you look at his stats, it's like, yeah, they're middling. Like he hasn't really gained on approach, but he also has collecting these top 25, uh, four, three straight and yeah, four of five, um, hot putter around the green game has been really solid. Yeah. But approach, I think we both love guys that are good on approach and it's kind of, it kind of scares you away a little bit. Yeah, it does. But but then you look at, okay, so he has, you know, four four tournaments where he's gained at least 0.8. I mean, that's not the best, I guess, 0.8, but it also means that he can have those tournaments where he has, you know, a really good approach play. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I like Noren. I think 7,600 in this field, uh, to me, yeah, I, I definitely will be, will be plugging Noren in. 7,600, it's, it's a packed area here. I mean, we got Snedeker, 77. He was one of my picks last week. Kind of like him again. McNeely has been talked a lot about. A lot of people talking mm-hmm. about McNeely at 77. Seb Straka at 77. 76, we got Stanley. We have Hickok. Um, I think when you look down here, there can be guys that are too highly owned because there's a lot of guys that... Look so, so the guy that I almost had as my as my player of interest uh, was Sepp Straka. Uh, he is seventy seven hundred. He's been eleventh and eighth at this tournament the last two years, and he was tied for tenth last week at the Traveler. So there's a lot of things to like. Yeah, my one concern. He's the one guy I worry a little bit about ownership because you, you get the people who look at at history, you know, tournament history, sure. and we'll plug him yeah. in. You get the people who looked at last week, and we'll plug him in for that reason. So, uh, I, I, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna be playing Straka, but I, I I just to me I think the value that you're gonna get on Noren is a little bit better, and that's based on ownership more than than you know potential uh, outcomes. But I think I think both those are are very good plays. Straka likely will have a bit more ownership. Yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of guys in the mid to low sevens you can make a case for. Um, either have some good, decent form, or have played the course well before, or you know, are being kind of slept on because they maybe are trending out of a slump. Uh, it's just interesting. What, like, do what you, do you any... think? What do you think about Kramer Hickok? Seventy six hundred. Uh, probably it's, it's going to be a pass. Um, I like the other guys around, but it'd be great if he followed up his performance at the travelers with a good finish here again. Yeah. Uh, you know, as it's just a fan of golf, you'd love to see it because a win would be huge for someone like him at this point of their career. But to me, the price has gone up significantly. You combine that with, um, you know, he, he actually was tied for 14th at Charles Schwab, which I wasn't super aware of, but, uh, mm-hmm. I just think there's going to be too many people who are going to play him this week based on what happened last week to, for there to be value there. Yeah. Uh, moving into the 70 low sevens, Cam Davis, 7,200 looks to be kind of a popular pick again. I don't think I'm going to go there, Craig, one of my boys. Um, but I can understand if people are going with the bombers, going to people that can, you know, birdie or better. Uh, Cam Davis will stick out. Of course, Thought, thoughts there or kind of a pivot in that area. So I have not, I've kind of been cooling on Cam Davis a bit just because oh, the results yeah. have not been great. Um, I don't think I'm going to get there this week, but I, I would like to jump back on the Cam Davis bandwagon. It's just, we haven't seen, you know, the ball striking hasn't been as good as it was kind of early 2021. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The one guy that kind of sticks out to me a little bit here, um, Putnam. At 7,100. 
Andrew Putnam, uh, good travelers, 13th there, did make the cut of the Palmetto, but didn't really do well. But positive 1.39 on approach at travelers, positive putting, generally one of the better putters uh, throughout the year. Uh, just kind of fits that profile that I'm building as the guys that, you know, I think can sneak into a, a top 20, top 10 here. Yeah, to me, Putnam's a guy that misses a lot of cuts and then occasionally just pot like he he, yep. he gets high up and maybe that's something you do see with people who are good putters where um when they do well you know maybe a little bit like kevin not where when he when he's hot he he's hot mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i i don't know putnam someone i usually stay away from just because most of the time it feels like he's missing cuts but it happens quite a bit. I mean, if we dip, dip down into six Ks here, there's a lot of guys. I mean, most of these, if you look on DraftKings, most of these are 50-50 or worse uh, made cut percentage on the year. Um, but there is a ton of guys. So, I mean, do you want to talk about strategy here or guys that might be... Well, just, just real quick, because I'm just pulling them up here. One last guy that I feel like I really struggled to understand is Bryce Garnett, 7, 7K flat, <laughs> tied for fifth. I mean, a little bit of a backdoor tied for fifth because everyone else fell off the map. Uh, but he gained three and a half strokes per round putting, which <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man. Um, but That's one of the highest numbers I've seen, I think I've seen for over the, you, know, you see that maybe like partway through a tournament, but then for that to go all the way through the, the <laughs> tournament is, is something special. Um, but yeah, maybe a little bit of value there at 7K. I don't quite know. 17th here in 2019. Um, yeah, uh, to me, he's always, if you're looking kind of the fairways, safer, fairways and greens, and then if he gets that putter going, it's a top 10. Um, that's kind of Bryce Garnett. Uh, yeah. Interesting for showdowns. You're really uh, having to, to look for those those diamonds in the rough here this week. I mean, you are. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. And there's also a lot of guys getting their... Le- lots of guys live with like kind of less than five starts uh, in this area. Um, so yeah, do you have some that you kind of tease at the top that guys that aren't on the DraftKings... Well, I'm just going to refresh it here to see if they have added him. So if you want to go ahead with your 6K play. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with someone in kind of the middle range here that I don't think is going to get really any attention, but that's Fawn Taylor at 6,600. Uh, again, kind of the profile I'm just building for the, my roster that I think these guys that are going to be successful. Uh, Bryson popped off for a win, but I'm kind of building this kind of safer accuracy, driving accuracy, rolling some putts type of person. And I think Vaughn Taylor kind of fits that. So 22nd in driving accuracy on the season, positive strokes can approach in two straight and four of his last six, uh, which I think is pretty strong for a 6,600 and then positive strokes in putting in six of his last eight. So fairly good kind of consistent results here. He was 46 here in 2019. Um, we'll have one, two, three, 4% ownership. So a guy you can kind of plug in some, chalkier guys like doc redman and and feel pretty good about your lineup i think yeah um so they did add to the guy who i was going to bring up as my 6k play uh unfortunately he's not a 6k play anymore. Oh. uh so he, he they're coming in at seven flat uh mito Pereira, Mito, Mito. I'm going with Mito. Mito Pereira. Uh, this guy, I, you know, if if you're following kind of the buzz, I'm, I'm sure you've heard he he's won back to back wins on the Corn Ferry Tour to get the automatic 
uh, three-win promotion. He had a win, uh, I want to say some point in 2020. I think early 2020. Yeah, early, early. Um, so he's got the three-win promotion, but you know, not just these back-to-back wins, but top tens in in five of his last six. Uh, so so just playing very well. Uh, he comes in at seven flat, which is a little bit more expensive than I, I would like it to be. But uh, I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of things right. We don't, you know, you don't get the breakdown in terms of how they're doing it on the Corn Ferry Tour. So. Um, a little bit less to go on there in terms of strokes gain categories, but uh, if someone's playing that well, I, I think there's just form that you have to respect. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw out another one. I, I like him still at seven flat. I think that's a I think that's a fine price. Um, the other one though that I will throw out to have someone that I throw out in the six Ks, and you know this is probably the player I'm playing that you shouldn't uh, is John Pack. Uh, he's gone all the way down to sixty. Yeah. 6300 uh we've seen a little bit of a roller coaster from him he's he's got two starts since he he's turned pro uh he was i think a minus eight stroke scene in his first one um and then he had a he had a poor friday to miss the cut this past week but uh, i i still am a, a firm believer in the talent and so uh mm-hmm. 6300 we're, we're getting him at, at based on on a, a couple bad outings since he's turned pro uh we're getting him at a pretty darn good price so uh, i do think there's there's a very very high upside there likely someone that we're we are going to see um not have instant success maybe but but that's fine um I'll take some shots with him because the the potential and the talent to me uh, at yeah. sixty three hundred in this field, uh, yeah. Unless you do a lot it's, of things, it's interesting. Uh, kind of going through these guys that were alternates or Monday qualifiers that got in. Uh, a lot of early birdie Twitter talk on Seamus Power. Boom! They slapped a seventy five hundred price tag on him. Uh, so not exactly a sleeper. He's kind of in the in the mid range there. Uh, another guy I was key to see where he'd be priced at was Ben Martin. I uh, got pulled. He made the playoff of the money qualifier, then got pulled after sticking it to three feet because uh, he got it got in as an alternate. Uh, he's priced at sixty eight hundred. I think he's an interesting person there. I would like to see his price a little bit lower. Uh, but one of your former kind of guys that you've ridden before, Justin Suh, did qualify Monday. He's priced down at sixty one hundred. Ooh. That seems a little bit uh, tasty. Tasty to me. I don't know. That seems to be juicy. Uh, kind of a hard guy to get a read on a little bit for me, but talent, man. There's talent yeah, down there. Definitely talent. Uh, the other thing, just real quick on John Pack, he had a bit of a, like going into the Palmetto where he really fell on his flate, face right out of the gate. He had a bit of a whirlwind there where he was. Mm-hmm going you know traveling from here to there to pick up an award and then traveling from there to here to to you know he it wasn't a normal lead into the tournament so uh, i do think you know now that things are starting to normalize for him and and kind of the the week in week out life of of a golf pro um i think that that's when we're going to start to see results but you know maybe he is going to be someone like justin so where we don't see we don't see the the talent turn into results for a while so um yeah, no, I, I definitely like taking some shots with some of these guys. Maybe don't put too many of them in the same lineup, but <laughs> just too bad Ramos in your 80 percent or at the US Open. Yeah. But man, we've been predicting that one for a while. Like the Rom stats were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I kind of wanted to add a kind of a last thing here to this show. And if you have recommendations, leave them in the comments, but kind of a rapid fire 
Q&A to wrap up the show, Craig. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have any, uh, I think I threw a couple in here, but if you have any, fire them back at me. But early one and done lean, or do you not want to talk about that? Because it's 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 tight race now. Don't want to talk about the lean. I can go first if you want. I, I don't have one, but I got kind of two guys I'm looking at. So I, I think I already know what my play is, uh, but I, I'm going to hold on to it until you make your official pick because now, okay. now things have gotten serious for me. So if you want to make your official pick, then I, I will go uh, afterwards. But I'm not making my official pick. Uh, it'll be released on Twitter on Wednesday, but I'm the two guys I got in uh, pencil in are Kokrak and Redmond, uh, guys we've talked about today. Um, if you're just looking at them, Kokrak seems to be the obvious one in terms of salary. Uh, but Red, there's a lot of things to like about Redmond. I don't know. Maybe I'll find some new information late Tuesday night and I might change it up. But those are two, two ones. Uh, okay. This was another one. DFS play that you're making that you wouldn't, uh, recommend others to make. Yeah. Probably John Pack. John Pack. See mine. I'm going at the top. I'm going to Webb Simpson. Like I, I, I like the play, but it, it doesn't come without risk. Like there's, could be something wrong with Webb. Um, that's why I would recommend Hideki over him, but I'm going to play, I'm still going to play him. I, I would say probably the DFS play I'm making that you should avoid is stacking John Pack at 6,300 with Justin Sa at 6,100. <laughs> and then what else can I do? Mito, Mito Pereira. What does that let me do with the rest of my lineup? Bryson. <laughs> Bryson. Yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely think it's going to be those those kind of low, what do we call it, the Madden franchise mode plays where, yeah. you know, th- these are guys that likely if you're if you're taking a, a multi-year outlook on it, then for sure this is this is the uh, this is someone who you like the upside potential of in the future. But maybe maybe you don't necessarily need to be making all of those plays all at once. Um, yeah. OK, last question I've written down here. Any uh, any bets or parlays or anything you're looking at early on? Uh, no. So, you know, I guess on that note, I would say that uh, up here in Canada, they have passed the single sure. game. So they, they we just passed a big bill through through our parliament. I think it's going to Senate for review or is it just past Senate review? I think it's going to Senate now. Um, so essentially what we had before, you could not do a single game bet. So mm. what that means is like any sort of single event. So I couldn't bet Rory to win the masters but what i could right. do was bet rory to win the masters and for the winning score to be minus five or better um so it's just what it, what it is really going to do effectively is open it up and i i hope it it's a province to province here similar to the states where it's state to state uh, but mm-hmm. what i really hope happens uh, is that they are gonna instead of at this point we have a lot of like the provinces do their own sports books um, but what I hope they do is more just partner with with major sports books and and get licensing fees from them to do to to operate in the province because that would just make it a lot easier and make it a lot you know a lot more enjoyable to be to be looking at lines from these major providers and stuff. Yeah, hopefully it's just I mean pretty much all legal, however it can be in the future here. Yeah, but it's going in the right direction. Uh, I kind of I I just threw a few weird ones out there. Um, because I think they're guys that can pop uh, for outright bets. But I got Ben Martin. I talked about him at tw- 250 to 1. Denny McCarthy. Each ways or no? These guys are all each ways because they're such long odds. Yeah. Uh, all each ways to five places. Denny McCarthy, uh, 225 to 1. And Chris Ventura at 350 to 1. I, I mean, Chris Ventura is a great putter, but bomber as well. But he's just a guy that he can pop, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen. Maybe not before. a DFS play, but mm-hmm. hey, who knows? Who knows what can happen? Yeah. Yay. I think that's our show. I kind of forget. It's been a while since we've done this. I kind of forget how we wrap it up, but we're going to say on the YouTube comments, let us know rapid fire question you'd like to see and your favorite 6K uh, play this week for the Rocket Mortgage. Anything else to add here, Craig? Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, no, it's favorite 6K play. Uh, one guy we didn't bring up right at the top of the 6K is Nate Lashley, uh, you know, former winner. Uh, maybe maybe that's the one you want to throw in there. Maybe not. I, I don't know if I'm getting there myself, but uh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening on the podcast. Download our podcast. All those links are below, and we will see you again soon. Yep, take care, guys. Good luck this week. We'll see you next time.